Good evening, fellow Gooners. Compliments of the season and welcome to a totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay. And I'm Aiden. I hope you guys all had a lovely festive period. Uh, today we have a special episode. Uh, we are going to be discussing or, yeah, discussing uh, the mid-season al- analysis of the squad going in. Mid- almost like a mid- mid-term uh, evaluation of the squad. Then, Aiden, I don't know if you want to start off or should I start off? I think you can go ahead and kick us off over there. Okay. Um, with regards to goalkeepers, uh, I did it, you know, the normal system out of 10. Yeah. Uh, need to check. I'm going to first, uh, you know, mention both the goalkeepers and then give him my ratings and then we can, you know, you give your ratings and then we can have like a short back and forth with regards to the players and you know, the ratings and it. Uh, Peter Cech, I gave a six. Uh, and Ben Leno, I gave a seven. Uh, my reason for giving Peter Cech the six uh, is actually somewhat, you know, uh, you know catch 20, 22 situation uh, with regards to the goalkeepers because we check deals perfectly, you know, with, with crosses and things like that. He's got again a problem with, uh, you know, the footwork for our style of play, you know, playing the ball out from the back. And with regards to Leno, he's again got difficulties, you know, with judging crosses or free kicks or corners, gets comes across goal. Where and then on the flip side again, he's quite strong going in with, you know, the shot stopping and um, you know, playing the ball out from the back. Of course, you know, other problems sometimes arise, but that is through, you know, almost like the defenders also not really adapting themselves. But I mean, as I said, he's actually played quite a strong season. I mean, he's got his flaws, but somewhat can be forgiven, as you will probably see with our rating, pro- ratings probably in the defensive as well. Well, with Peter Cech, I gave a 5.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's, he's, over the past few seasons, his aging has come along, and I think this season, his aging has even, like, you know, got even more the better of him. I think, mm-hmm. uh, my, I may be a bit harsh, but I think uh, it's basically teaching an old dog new tricks now, trying to give Peter Trick, trying to let him, you know, play out with his feet and stuff like something that he's never been ever good at and now trying to bring that into his game. Things are a bit too late for that now. And unfortunately, it's made him look sometimes as a fool, you know, almost passing the ball into his own net, almost yeah. passing corners away. So I'm going to give him a 5.5. And I think that in- injury to him before when Leno took over, Kind of, you know, I think he's putting the writing on the wall because we definitely do need maybe a new number two if Leno is number one. Leno, I gave a 6.5. Uh, for most part, he has been solid. I mean, he's made some massive saves. I think the game against Wolves for me was one game we actually, you know, got us that mm-hmm. point. Uh, I do feel he needs to be a bit more commanding. I, I think in if, if maybe that can be worked on in his game, he, he could be, like, you know, a much better keeper. And I think maybe with the absence of holding, his game has struggled a bit because I know holding was someone that he always looked to get this attack started by giving the ball to him and holding would then spread. So, yeah, 6.5 for Leno and then 5.5 for Cech. I mean, I don't know if you've read the latest, you know, in the rumor mill currently. Um, there's even talk now of Kevlo Navas talking about this, like, you know, bringing him in either short term or having a go for him in the summer because, look, he's now not really thought of highly now at Real Madrid and they will, Real Madrid probably will also get rid of Courtois, you know, like get a replacement in there also because they're not also happy with Courtois either. But I think uh, somebody like uh, Navas, look, I'm not, I don't know, I've never really been won over by him. I mean, I know he's, Me too. but I, I just think it's with Navas, he has again a, a solid or, you know, dirty, Defense in front of him, that's so why it can actually look good. You know, almost like pulling off only uh, that, that uh, TV tie, uh, TV highlight reel saves. I, I've actually been a fan of Courtois, so if Real Madrid ever tries to get rid of him, I think uh, Arsenal should maybe, you know, put their feelings out there for that. And another guy, maybe for a keeper as well, is Red Bull Leipzig's goalkeeper as well. I seem to be a, a, a fan of him from the games I've watched. He's made some, some sick saves. That uh, that used to play for Liverpool, that guy. No, his name is Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Peter. Yeah, yeah, I find him actually a really good keeper, but we'll see what happens in that department. 
Okay, so we switch now our attention to the defenders. Um, uh, Hector Ballerina gave an eight. Mr. Reliable for most part. That the the him not being in the squad at the moment, you can actually you do notice it, the problem that we're having at the moment. Um, Lee Steiner, I gave a four. That would have been five. But what kind of annoys me? Um, there's too much theatrics to his game. I mean, I know the Premier League can be a tough game, but it's like he's bringing these Italian type, you know, that Serie A type thing, you know, but of shoulder to shoulder, and then he ends up rolling like five or six times, you know, trying to get the attention on the ref. And I think he's slowly been figured out also by most of the refs, so they're not just giving him, you know, that, that cheap type of free kicks like he used to try to mold in the beginning. Um, Mustafi, I gave a five. Um, I think he's too. You know, I think you can actually count on one end how many solid games he's had for us because this was like one solid game, two or three inconsistent, one solid game, three or four inconsistent. So there's not really, I mean, and this is not, not trying to, to uh, you know, crap on the guy knowing that, that he's now injured and stuff like that. But I'm just talking of prior to that. Too many reckless things, decision making in, in games where, you know, somebody that's that experienced at even club and international levels, you know, you expect a bit more from him. Um, Koscielny, I gave five. You know, the injury crisis has seen him uh, kind of rush back because I think, you know, if if if, if uh, Emery was really, you know, given the time, he would have probably let Koscielny heal up completely before. You know, drafting him back in the squad because for me it was everything was kind of rushed the way injuries occurred and 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 now people were you know it was like the demand was there to be in the squad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's kind of error prone. He's in that in his comeback game so far. I mean, I've counted about probably five or six goals against us already. We he's you know directly or partial uh you know partially to blame for. The goals being conceded. Um, Socrates, I gave a 6.5. Some strong performances, but some also very dodgy. You know, um, when you think he can hold his nerve, he, t- he does things, I find. I mean, you're not going to get away with it even in the Bundesliga, so why try in the Premier League? Like, I mean, I've seen I don't know how many matches of him where he tries to almost like a rugby tackle people to the ground, and yeah. that's not going to fly. I mean, if you can get away with it, like a Ramos type or a uh, Vatongan type or, you know, somebody in that category, then fine. But, you know, if you're going to do it that blatant, you're never going to get away with it. Um, Rob Holding, I gave a 8.5. A Colossus in defense. Grew strength to strength. I think he probably had one one or two dodgy games. But, I mean, for the for the most for most parts, solid defender. And he sorely, sorely missed. You can actually see yeah. confidence kind of has gone with his injury at Old Trafford. Um, Nacho Monreal, I gave a five. Injury ridden season. You know, it's a real pity because he's actually one of my favorite players. And it's almost like you've seen him hit the highs the last three seasons, even last season. And now you can see now, it's like the, his body is now not, you know, reacting anymore like it used to because it's like injury, even like minor little strains, he's now out for, you know, weeks. And I mean, that is where uh, also going to be a sticking point now for, you know, like uh, with these contracts are running out soon. Yeah. You know, whether to keep him on, like give him a year more extra or, you know, bring in somebody younger. And I mean, at the moment, one guy that's actually catch, uh, caught my eye is that Chilwell of Leicester City. He's, I don't know, I've been watching him now, or watching him defensive and attacking wise. And so far, he was doing, you know, he the job quite well. Um, Colasinac, I gave a six. Uh, brilliant going forward, but also one of the reasons we are shipping so many goals because he's at the moment he loses his player quite quickly when it comes to the defensive side of the game, and I mean that is counting, you know, really counting against us at the moment. Um, Maitland Niles, uh, I gave him a seven because he tries hard in every game. I mean, I think he's had one or two dodgy games where, you know, like almost like two Russell blood to the head. You know, uh, decision making wise, but you can see now the games that he's like getting under the belt now, the confidence is getting there. He's doing even more. I mean, even in that thrashing against Liverpool, he played a, a decent game. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's my ratings for the defenders.
Okay, the defenders for me, Rob Holding, as you mentioned, was definitely an eight as well for me. I can agree with you on that. And he is sorely missed. You would say he's the one with the most experience in our back line because he was there week in, week out. You know, he, he wasn't making the same mistakes. If you look at Mustafi and Socrates were making, and you would have thought, wow, is this guy really um, his age? Because he's, play, he's playing like four or five years above, like, you know, his actual age. So. For me, it's been had many um, matured performances, and it's just unfortunate with the injury because, I mean, in the start of the season, if you had to say Rob Holding was going to give those performances, you would have wouldn't have believed it at all. So, I just might have altered his progress a bit now with this injury. Um, Mustafi, he has improved from his Wenger era, so I'm going to give him a five, but. Um, I, I still think there's a heck of a lot of mistakes that he makes and as needless ones as well. It's not something that he gets pressured into. I mean, Crystal Palace is one game I can bring up when he gave away a needless penalty. I think it was Bournemouth as well. We also, that in the last minute, he had no reason to dive into a tackle and he dives into it. So I think, you know, if, if he can get certain aspects of his game right, there is, you know, a, a bit of improvement can, but that can happen in this game. But if not, I don't think there is a place for him in this team anymore. Um, Lichtsteiner, mm-hmm. I'm giving a four. Yeah. Uh, he's, I think he started off okay in, the, in, in at Arsenal, but that was because maybe he wasn't demanded to play week in, week out. And I think now with the injuries and stuff coming in, he's almost forced to play week in, week out. And I, I don't think he has the legs anymore. You know, Premier League is a, it's a demanding league. And at, at his age to come into the Premier League, it's, 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 he's getting shown up. I mean, uh, the position he's asked to play as well, it, it is a bit uh, taxing on, on a guy his age. So, I mean, it, it, sorry to interrupt you quickly, but you remember also that game against Brighton where the ball got, play, uh, got played over... I mean, he had like about a two or three foot head start on that guy with a ball. Yeah. And I mean, once that, once he missed it or whatever that, that attempt that he was trying to with that head, when it took the ball past him and in that player's stride, there was, as I said in the podcast also, there was no way he was going to catch up to the guy because once that guy had that, you know, the jet heels on, he was off and that guy was like, uh, Lichstein was left in his wake. Yeah. And, and, and that unfortunately happens with age and, to, to be in the Premier League, to let it happen, and that happened week in, week out, you, you're going to get exposed. I mean, if he was asked to play a game here and a game there, I'm sure he would be getting yeah. a better rating from, from us and also from most fans. Uh, Nach- Montreal, I'm going to give a, a six. Yeah. I feel he's also one of my um, favorite players. He's come on in, in like a heck of a lot since you know his first sign at Arsenal and like you mentioned, I think age is getting to him with the in- injuries. And I also think, you know, the, the high demand from what Emre asks from all his players, I think, you know, it's, it's not maybe his body can't just adapt to that. And I also do think the writing is on the wall with him because we do need uh, a, another young uh, left-back coming in the ranks. I mean, to challenge Colasinez because obviously Colasinez is not, you know, the answer for a proper, proper left-back. And like you mentioned, Ben Chilwell is a is a good guy for that. And another guy, um, I actually rate that maybe we can get to, you know, give Hector Ballerin a, a run is that uh, Dorothy of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, uh, he's been like, you know, consistent before. I think when I was going on, um, before that game, when we did the podcast at the time, when I went on the, you know, the player ratings, I think he averages like, and this is now like a, one of the betting uh, sites that normally rate the players as well. I think he averages about 7.3 a game. So, yeah, I mean, so, uh, tells you a lot about his game playing style. So, it's maybe someone to look at, you know, in the, in the summer. Yeah. Um, I think, um, so we'll go to Hector Ballerin. I'm also going to give him an 8. He, he was, you know, one of the top performers this season. And I do think his crossing has improved a heck of a lot from what it was before. I mean, he used to be very wasteful in the in the positions he got. And it's almost like now he's, you know, I don't know if they took him maybe aside to work on that part of the game. But 
we do see him very like overly exposed on that right hand side, especially if the attacking the the team attackers has a lot of pace. So I just hope Paladin makes his way back in the team to you know solidify the defense a bit more and giving more on the right hand side going forward. But I think you know what what you highlighted now. I think is also key is you know we really do need a um, a player that's gonna push Paladin. You know somebody of of not the, almost like that. Age, in that age bracket of his, because yeah. it's not like we went to one, uh, say we went to with one extreme with Debushi, and then we went to another extreme with Lichtenstein, but we're still not, you know, answering that, you know, that uh, that that whole thing, that point now that's open for discussion. Because look, Maitland Niles, I'm sure eventually we want to have him, you know, in midfield or whatever. Yeah, definitely do a job. That's but I mean, I categorized him in the defense. I think because. Uh, you actually see more, you know, helping out left back, helping out right back, playing wing back, whatever. But I mean, he, he's, you know, doing a job there while he's there. And he's doing a stellar job as well while he's at it. And I think his position at the club eventually will be, you know, that sentiment position. And who knows, Simon Torreira could even, you know, build a good partnership with Quintosi. So, um, so, yeah, go on. Socrates, uh, just giving, a, giving him a seven. I think he's been. Yeah. Uh, very consistent defender. Um, I think him and Holding worked very well together. And I think we, we, we do need someone to take more ownership and leadership. And I think, you know, you could with that armband because at the moment it's being chopped and changed with everybody. So if you want to give it to somebody, maybe give it to him, you know, while Koscielny is getting back to his feet. Um, I think, yeah, that's what... That's what I want to add. Um... He's also very verbal. He shows and he'll point you out if you're doing wrong or whatever. But I mean, that, yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think he should be, you know, the main skipper of the squad. And then I'll just quickly touch on uh, Kalasinac before we move on to the midfielders. Um, Wait, sorry to interrupt. Did you classify Michael now because you're a defender or you're working? No, no, I classified him as a defender. So I'll give a quick touch up, sorry, on him as well. Before we, I think maybe him before the midfield, since he is the, tra- the transition between the two, actually, because he can be used as both. Kolasinac, uh, I'm going to give him a 6.5. I think he would have, if if he's defending, would have would be or would have been improved on And If he works in his defending, he could easily be an 8 as well, because he does give the opposition a lot to think about. I mean, he always gets in behind their, their left back or, oh, sorry, their right back or their wing back. And it's just like you mentioned, he, he just doesn't track his runner. And he always, uh, it's like almost he has, you know, if you have a striker or a left winger at heart, putting them in the defender, as a defender, because yes, they will do well sometimes with the tackles and while bobbing forward. But the moment it comes to that smaller things that, you know, look behind you, where's your man, follow your man, track your runner. The, all those things kind of goes out the window with him. And I think, like you mentioned, it leaves the defense a lot, mm. uh, already struggling defense, a lot exposed. So, yeah. I, I, know, I, know I know we're going to discuss um, the Fulham game, you know, on Saturday. Yeah. I wanted to make one point about, um, which I think you and I discussed it this morning up to a degree. Um, you know, in that Fulham game, he was being marked out by Fulham as the weak link, so the ball was always floating in that area. And every time, I think I counted about three opportunities in that first half alone, he lost his man. Then I think there was a moment, it could be second half, I'm not 100% sure now, yeah, second half, where a corner got floated in, and you can see Mitrovic and him are standing to, uh, uh, next to each other. And, you know, uh, Kolasinac's goal side as well. And he just gently shoves himself off Kolasinac, Kolasinac is like ball watching, and in that time, uh, Mitrovic is already jumping to hit the ball. And I'm thinking, you had a head start on that guy, and you goal side, and you're allowing to do that to you. So, you know, that is the, sh- the almost like the shady part of his game. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, if a Fulham is 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 figuring you out as a weak point, can you imagine what the Man City or you know the top clubs out there are thinking? I think that's why we are so you know vulnerable at the back at the moment because there's. You know, one minute you see them talking, leading up to, say, a corner, and then the corner gets floated in, the, and nobody is doing anything of, say, what was discussed prior to that. So then you're thinking, because the question was going through my head on, on like, the last few matches now. It's like, 
what are they doing in training? Because every time you look at that, uh, just watch also when there's confusion in the defense. They're all looking at each other bewildered. Like, you know, what happened right now? And I'm thinking, this should be, you know, drilled into you in the training ground at Colney already. Yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a, it hurts my eyes and my heart watching them defend. And then uh, Maitland-Niles, I'm going to give a seven. Mr. Reliable, I called him. And I think he tries hard in every position he does. Whether, you know, even if he doesn't give that performance, it, his effort is never lacking. I just think that defense needs a lot of work in general. And the, we, we cannot go on like this with not keeping almost any clean sheets at all. It's, it's I mean, ridiculous. Opinion, I mean, let's all discuss it like probably later when we, we give uh, Emery's rating. But I just think <clears throat> gradually the rebuilding process Look, it might not start, say, now in January, but the plan should or the blueprint should be there ready for the summer. So the minute summer comes around, you're going to phase out one, two or three other defenders and you're going to bring in, you know, fresh faces type of thing. Because as I said, this can't go on anymore like this. I mean, I'm going to discuss it more in depth later on, but I'm just, you know, that's just my, you know, very strong opinion at the moment. Yeah. So we, we, we can move into the... The midfield, uh, Granit Xhaka, I, I gave a six. He has improved a lot under Emre. He, his overall gameplay, I feel, I'm not going to say, you know, he's, he's, he's been marvelous and wonderful, but there has been an improvement. And you can sometimes tell when Xhaka is not playing. So a six for him. And then I think what, what he can work on now is his misplaced parts. I think his decision making needs to be a bit better. And sometimes when he just, Put a foot in to make a foul for just for the foul sake. So it's, he always does it close to the box. But other than that, I, I do think you know he, he has a lot. He has improved a lot under Emre. Then I'll go on to Torreira. He's getting a nine. For me, he's been our player of the season. It's, he's been a player that Arsenal been crying out for. I would have given him a ten, but I do feel towards the latter part of this year. Like, you know, maybe from probably after the Spurs game, he's got the goal or just before that, he's, he's, he's lacking a bit of discipline. I don't know what's been said at training or I don't know what is happening or if it, his role has changed slightly, but sometimes he's been caught too much upfield in the opposition's area. And I don't, I don't mind that if someone's covering you, but it's like at times both are... Holding midfielders are out of position and it takes one long ball hoofed over the top and then suddenly we in no man's land. Um Gwendozi, um or Gwendozi, however you, you pronounce it, it's I'm gonna give him a, a seven. He's a young, bright talent. Uh for his age, he's 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 very mature. But I do feel there's a bit of, you know, there's recklessness in his yeah. game where he feels he needs to do too much when the team is struggling. So he try, you know, he, he's trying and he sometimes also, I think, gets lost in games, you know, when the, the game sometimes goes over his head and he just seemed all over the place. So, you know, one thing I, I look up, I still will give my ratings, but like with, just to add on to your point, um, I think with, with Gwendozi, sometimes he also gets reckless with the point of, you know, that we, to the point of petulant, you know, being petulant, you'll sometimes just yeah. shove people with two hands off the ball. They think you're not going to get away with it. I mean, that's in front of the ref as well. So you can't do stuff like it. I mean, sometimes, yes, a game can be frustrating, but, you know, that you have to rein in with your game. Yeah. It's uh, uh, something he needs to work on, but then again, that actually, you know, will come with age. Yeah. Uh, Uzel, I gave him a six. Mm. Uh it's been a tale of two types, I think, with, with Mesut Ozil. One moment he's unplayable and you're thinking, wow, is this, this, this is the guy that we, you know, sign. And then on the other hand, he's terrible again when you're like looking at this guy and like, if he's, if he's not doing anything in tactic-wise, he doesn't add anything. So it's like you've got a toss of a coin with him at the moment. It's like one moment you can be like, wow, the other opposition can't handle him. Or it can be they're going to take advantage of him like you saw Southampton one of the uh, the winner they scored came from him being sloppy with the ball and Brighton as well, where he didn't track the runner. I do think also probably uh, this is probably his last season at Arsenal. So I hope there's you no know, success plan is put 
in ahead of schedule, like for someone to come in. Uh, Alan Ramsey, I gave him a 6.5. He had a very shaky start to the season. Um, but I think the moment he made peace with his decision, whatever is going to be, whether he's, you know, leaving, staying, or waiting to wait out the year, it seems like, you know, he's playing with a much clearer head. Yeah. Teams now, he's, you know, when it comes to the pitch, he's um, doing things, making things happen. And more so than Ozil, and you can see the guy still wants to be at the club, like, or, or maybe still wants to be at the club, but his heart is still at the club, you know? Alexis Sanchez last season, when you saw he was on his way out, you could see it. His body language was telling you that, the way he was playing sometimes. But Aaron Ramsey, now even in the North London derby, he was passionate about it. He was even amongst the, the scuffle that happened. So I think he's been a big, also a big uh, fixture in our Europa League side. So I do hope, you know, maybe we can, we, if we sell Uzel, you know, maybe try to see if we can keep him at the club because he has been consistent when coming on as a sub and he's been started in a lot in our big games. I think it was United who started him. And um, Liverpool. Yeah. Mkhitaryan, I'm going to give him a five. Started off very well this season, but I think he's been very frustrating. It reminds me a bit of Uzel as well, where the ability is there, and he has shown it, but I don't think he shows it enough. And I, I do think as well he's one of the players that will probably be shipped out. It's a bit unfortunate as uh, he got injured as well because it seemed like he was getting into a, a groove with that Two goals against Southampton. Then, and I'm going to be Wobi. I'll give him a 6.5. I think also, like Mkhitaryan, started very well. He was even uh, touted as the Welsh Messi. I mean, not the Welsh Messi, the Nigerian Messi, sorry. Um, you know, taking uh, players on with confidence. But it seems now, I don't know what happened. But it's like, it's almost like, you know, when he came on the scene, Wobi was, you know, on it. He was everywhere making things happen. But it's like now he, he he gets the ball almost like he's lost of ideas, runs himself into a, a boxed area and just looking for the safe option afterwards. So, yeah, so I'm giving him that 6.5. And then Emil smith uh I'm going to give a 7. He reminds me a lot of Freddie Lundberg and Lampard, you know, that late runs into the box, always yeah. finding somehow the right place at the right time. And... I feel there's a lot to come from him as well. And kudos to you as well. You did mention, mention him in preseason as well. So that's a well-spotted one. And uh, Alneni, I'm going to give a, a 4.5. Obviously, he hasn't been playing much, but whenever he plays, he always looks for the safe option. And when called upon, you know, in the Premier League, it seemed like he, he did struggle a bit. And it seems like he's just happy to pick up a paycheck at the moment. And yeah, that's my midfield uh, rating for this for thus far. Okay, with regards to the mids, I mean, look, in my opinion, I'm not going to really give Emil Smith Row a rating because I mean, I just think he needs, you know, more than Europa League games to now, you know, be logged in. But I mean, I understand because I mean, you can see he's one of the rising talents, and I think this injury also came the wrong time because I think he would have actually been used in this, you know, to, to help us out in midfield for creativity and that because that it's, it's, it's a, just a pity that I mean I'm not sure how far he is from um, recovery but you can see he's missed so I just hope we, you know coming now with us in 2019 when the Europa League resumes again I just hope you know he can be again a big part in that um, okay now to the points rating El Nene I gave a 4 seemingly on his way out um, you know even when called upon there's nothing there to, you know, give you that confidence that, you know, he can be a, a regular or a decent squad player. Because at the moment, that confidence looks almost like at null. Because, <laughs> as you said now, he'll rather take a five, a, a safe five-yard pass back or sideways than, you know, get his head up and drive the team forward. He does not have that in the game. And I think that is... What counts against him with, you know, with regards to our ratings, and I'm sure what the majority of Arsenal fans think of at the moment. Um, Aaron Ramsey, I gave a 7.5. On the way out, but still offers a lot. You can see, as you said early on, the passion is still there. 
it's you know you know it bodes well for him for the future because whichever team gets him and, and gets him almost like in this type of form that we saw another last one or two months, you know, it's a big bonus for them. And I mean good luck to them because I think at the moment now his agents are meeting with I think PSG, Bayern, Juventus, Inter, Milan. Yeah, that was as long as, he, as long as he goes abroad, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. Um, Ozil, I'll give a five. Um, I, the reason being, um, I can only think of two games where he mesmerizes us with his passing and his, you know, ingenuity, quick thinking, slick passing stuff like that. That was the Leicester game and the uh-huh. Burnley game. But other than that, peripheral figure. I mean, for somebody on on that way. You know, that sort of wage, I mean, you can actually bring in maybe one or two players. And I'm not talking of trying to cost cut now or penny pinch. I'm just saying you can use the, the transfer fee for probably a few players. But I mean, that wages of these, you can also split even amongst two or three players. Yeah, I mean, if you're earning, what's it, 300, 350 a, a week. I mean, you, you have to be putting performances to win games. And like, there's been none of that. I mean, mm. Um, Torreira, I gave a seven. I mean, I wanted to really honestly, I wanted to give him probably your type of marks, but for me, um, uh, you know, as as well as he played, it was like two thirds of the 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 spot of the season. Now, I just felt that last third leading up to the end of 2018, we saw somebody that's I don't, look, it could also be fatigue. I mean, I, I, I being this, you know, almost like overcritical of the guy. But I mean, for me, the minute, like for me, ratings-wise, we went almost like from a 9 to an 8 to a 7 like that. I was just watching him also that Liverpool game where, you know, he just ended up giving the ball away or, you know, it was like that more, looked more tired and just falling about, you know, with that one goal where Firmino just danced to him. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he was also just sprawled over on the pitch. <laughs> and I mean, he ended up losing again the ball to another goal and... and that's uh, not just that. I mean, I'm, I could be now arse and just say, oh, yeah, it's that game. But I can also think of, of um, it was in one game where he was also caught that high up the field. I think it could even be the Tottenham game in the League Cup where the ball gets played. And by the time, you know, the game gets switched to the defensive thing, and I'm thinking, look, you are the key man. You are the, you know, that, that, that shield that, that protects the defense. And you are standing on the, in the opposition box. And, you know the 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 raw kid on the block, Grindosi and them, they are busy trying to you know cover up your mistake. And I mean, I actually thought you know that that sort of uh, Torreira we saw in the North London derby, you know, putting his foot in in the in the league, the league fixture. I thought that should have been the you know the the marker for him because you know almost like a, he would only go in the attacking third once we got a couple of goals in the back type of thing, not. When the game is, you know, on the knife edge and he's yeah. going to play as a cam. So, I mean, that, that for me, that, that, you know, dropped him in my ratings. Um, Quintosia gave a, also a seven. <clears throat> Plays with a lot of heart. But, but of course, you know, he has that, that, that bit of recklessness of youth that comes in his yeah. game sometimes. So, you know, that I'm sure he's going to learn with age. And, and, I mean, for me... You know, when I, uh, I looked at him, I, I look, I was thought highly of him going into the preseason and that when I, and I got to see almost all the games now of them. And I mean, you can see that kid has got an eye, you know, the, the eye of the needle pass. And yeah. that game against, I think, was it Fulham? We played almost like the perfect through ball that dissected midfield and defense where I think uh, Aubameyang chipped it into the keeper, something like that. But it's also another story. When yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he's got the eye, and and also I watched a bit of his um, uh, I think one of his first games for the France under twenty ones, the other day under twenty threes, where he also played a peach of a ball. I mean, it took out I think both centre backs and the the the, the fullback, the left fullback. For, uh, I forgot the team they played against to set up a goal for the French under twenty threes. And I thought, I mean, look at that guy's eye. I mean, he's that young. He's supposed to play in a defensive type of role, which he was. But I mean, he knows how to spray that, you know, the perfect uh, through ball or, or lob yeah. or whatever. Um, Xhaka gave a six. It was tough, you know, to give in his rating. But I, I think, you know, as you said, he has improved under Emery. But 
for me that 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 audacious type of passing is it's always going to be at the moment he's Achilles heel in the team because yeah he'll get one right and he's going to try three or four more times and normally that three or four more times that's when the ball gets intercepted and that is where I mean if if he made the mistake I mean of course it shows you the guy's confidence it was like you know I can make a mistake but I'm going to try it again I'm going to try yeah. it again. But I mean, if he can just tie up that side of his game, he can be a good player because look, now he don't need to play that uh, defensive mid role that always uh, the, been like, you know, the pressure thing on him. So now he's more playing in an f- offensive position. But I mean, I think also that passing needs to be sharpened up because I mean, he can be a fantastic player because I was also just about to criticize him in that Fulham game where he ended up popping up with that goal. And then, yeah. then you think all is forgotten. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he's giving a, a pass straight to the, the opponent who can who's running already toward the box. And you're thinking, now why did I not just give you praise and you're doing <laughs> it again? So yeah, it can be something sketch to catch with him as well. Mkhitaryan, um, I gave a six. He, it seems he also just comes with two modes, very good or very bad. So... You don't really have a you know mediocre or you know average to good type of performance from him. So, he, like for me, goes too much missing in games when you know when we really need him. Uh, agree with you with that last few games we played before he got injured. He was playing like quite strongly. Like you know, getting the movement was a bit sharper compared to the first few months of the season that we, it just seems he was just going through the motions in games, which you know was also frustrating out of fans. Um, Alex Iwobi, I gave a 6.5. Sometimes tries to hard, but you can see he knows what he wants to do, but it's just that finer points he still needs to his game because you can see he still has a bit of problems with the, the you know, the through ball, the way, yeah. but so far he looks quite good when he has to do that lofted passes or, you know, that whipping the balls with some zip into the box, like the way he set up the Jaka goal. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. You know, you put some fizz on the ball and it was a perfect ball. But I mean, other than that, when he had Colosinos running down the flanks, he always ended up overeating the ball, you know. And that was yeah, just—he yeah, yeah. used to just, you know, have a cool head. Mentioning about his balls again, and one for Ainsley Maitland Niles against Liverpool as well. I think was oh, yeah. really that was nice about it. Are you going to go to the strikers now? Yeah. So uh, the only strikers I'm not going to really mention Danny Walbeck. Uh, he was, he, you know, he, he played some bit part games and also he's injured now and we're not going to, you know, see him probably in the Arsenal jersey again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just go to the two main ones that we mostly had is the Aubameyang and Bikitari, um, and like I said. Yeah. So Aubameyang, I'm going to give a seven. Obviously, he's the top scorer in the Premier League and things like that. But for me, even though he's getting the goals, his performances in general haven't, you know... I think that's why I'm maybe giving him a seven because of the goal he's gotten. But his performances haven't really sparked. And I know I'm criticizing him all the time. It's not, I have nothing against the player. He's actually one of my favorite players out there. It's just that um, he needs his overall game. I think he's, you know, trying to get involved a bit more. Like, get stuck in, like, almost like the guy we saw at Borussia Dortmund. Mm. Maybe it's a different playing style. I don't know. Um, but. His finishing needs to be worked upon because the chances, I mean, I, I know we're going to bring it up in the Fulham game when we discuss it, but I mean, you, sh- you should have at least put that chance away that Ramsey scored. Yes, Ramsey got the goal, but maybe maybe there's a bit of a, a, an acute kind of angle that he did in at the post. You know, but, you know, let me just put my two cents on the matter. I think Abomayam's biggest problem, I mean, he's a fantastic player. But I think sometimes he gets too caught up in the hype, you know, with the goals now, the, you know, that run that he's on. So he becomes more nonchalant to the finish. But I mean, yeah. he's, he's trying to bring that sort of nonchalance that Henri had. But I mean, Henri was still bagging the goals. Yes. So it's like, you know, he's trying that type of uh, facade type of thing. But it's, it's like he's not really getting, you know, that sort of uh, end product, you know, like really putting the ball away. Whereas... Henri could sort of scuffle ball, whatever, but that ball is going to go in. He could now have a, you know, one of the, the, the rockets, he's going to put it in. And the, the chips as well, it's all, it was nine times out of ten, ten clinical stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, zero chance. But I mean, for for me, it's like he, he tries 
to be too nonchalant, especially when uh, I think that is where the frustration frustration also adds, probably also from you like coming uh, towards him, is that when games are nil nil or one nil yeah. one, we you know you can be the like like the game breaker type of thing. It can really you know take this game away from the opponent, and that is when he misses like two three chances, and then look boom other end goals conceded. He went against Chelsea. Yeah, against Chelsea, they opened those open goals. We saw it even against um, Brighton. He was one on one with the keeper, and he could have made it two 0 And that 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 seals the deal. Deal. Brighton at home. I mean Brighton. I mean they go two 0 down. They they're not they're not going to really have a fight back. But it's almost like he gives the opposition a bit more hope by not you know killing the game. And I, I think like I think it summed it up was. I was against Liverpool when they mentioned that the only I don't know like if this is like hundred percent factual, but what I read is is that he only did like ten successful passes and six of them were from kickoffs. So it was like yeah, that, that is an actual fact, yeah. That was <laughs> so it's like you you need someone to maybe you know get a bit more involved. You know, even if we're not um winning a game, we're controlling, get yourself about, you know, put your foot in. Then that's why I'm giving like I said, like yeah. you know, moving on to like I said. Uh, yeah. What are you gonna say? Sorry, sorry. Um, now, um, you know, and that is where I wanted to now bring a point. There was a moment in uh, one of these games. I, 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 I should have actually jotted it down, but I can't think now. There was a chance where he missed, and then boom, the ball went the other end, and the team scored. And the camera then went on him, and you could see he was, you know, totally, totally gutted at that, you know, because he knew. He could have taken the game, you know, for even further away. It could even be that Liverpool game. But it's, it's yeah, I think it was a Liverpool now. It's like something come to me now. He missed the chance in that that first half, in the, like after we went 1-0 up. And then it's something like the ball went just other end and then we ended up with that bang-bang, two goals conceded against him. <laughs> yeah. See, that was where, you know, he almost like a good realisation, you know, I kind of messed up here because... You, you also don't know the sort of reaction Liverpool would have had being 2 0 down at Anfield. Yeah, it, it puts a cat among the pigeons yeah. if you, you know, score, make it 2 0. Suddenly the the home crowd is like, you know, on your back because you're behind now against Arsenal when you're in a title race. And that's put pressure on you as well. So I, I, I think, you know, if he can just work on that aspect of his game, I mean, mm. he could be close to a 10. Um, like I said, I'm going to go with an 8. I feel um, his overall gameplay has improved tremendously from last season. You're seeing a complete different guy. You know, I know he, he doesn't get, he wasn't, you know, happy being substituted. You know, he's, he sometimes throws the, the, his toys in the cot a bit. But what I did find nice it was yesterday when they did substitute him. Where no, you could see that talk to him. You could see that and talk to him. Yeah, he just told the, you know, Come on, get behind the team. Okay. But it, it, it gets everybody involved. Like you always mention his hold up play is it, uh, quite good. You know, he's, you always see him tracking back. If you start to see him, like, hey, what's like I said, doing here in, in the defensive mid position once he loses the ball? Because he runs back for it. And he's finishing, I think, even though Abameyang's a top scorer in the, in the, in the Premier League, one of his Abameyang's joint or if he's top. But um, for me, like I said, his finishing is the best, like at the club. Like the chances he puts away, he, he, he doesn't have much chances. Like he, if you look at his probably shot to conversion ratio, is probably better than what maybe Aubameyang's is because you never see really, like I said, have that many chances. But when he does have one, he puts it away. So that's why I'm going with an eight for, like I said. Okay, uh, my ratings for the forwards are, like I said, also eight. And I mean, look, we did not discuss this. Because um, <laughs> for me, a player that makes us stick forward that, you know, even with his <laughs> like lack of height, very strong on the ball, doesn't get pushed off easily, hold up play, excellent, excellent. Because I mean, you can see we that is something that we always add something to our game, just for somebody that holds the ball up. Pressing game, I find also he forces, uh, the fullback, he forces them into errors. Um, then regardless of Obama Young, I gave us 7.5. Uh, my only flow, uh, you know, gripe with him is just be more clinical. Other than that, your gameplay so far is fine. Maybe, you know, just add, uh, you know, get a bit more involved in games, especially when it looks like 
it's a stalemate or game is kind of drifting away. Try to get more involved because sometimes I'm like, he'll just put himself out on the touchline and he'll just hang there, you know, till whatever the ball somehow squirms to him. But you need to get more involved and for me, be more clinical. And, and don't forget your other gripe of his, uh, before I um, take training more seriously as well. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, so now we're almost done with our podcast. We're now just going to do the Unai Emery assessment. Um, I gave him a 7 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to do something like cons and pros. Cons is, um, you know, need to stabilize the defense, either with the coaching or with manpower. Um, I think he needs to... Look, I don't know. You're also very limited in what they show on, on, on TV or YouTube about the way Arsenal are training. So I think he needs to almost like push Aubameyang a bit harder because I think there is, a, like, as I said, he is a fantastic player, but I think he just needs to be more, you know, the guidance needs to be more settled with him, like, you know, what we expect from you. Because I think he sometimes also gets maybe a free pass because he's like, you know, one of the big guns at the club. My second point down to make is um, he also needs to decide on one leader because, as you stated, that was nail on the head stuff that Socrates or somebody has to take the, or, you know, either we bring a player in, something like that. But let let us have one leader because I think there's, there's too many, you know, as I said, too many cooks spoil the broth type of thing because yeah. you, you don't know, just when you're getting comfortable with one, boom, the next captain comes in. Boom, the next captain. You can't have that. You need that. You know, you have captain, vice captain, and the two of them have to somehow, you know, be often in games where if the one is not going to be playing, one has to be on the field. So either you have, you know, one person in in defense and one person in midfield. But I mean, other than that, we need one voice, for especially for games. Uh, Third point, with the team, the squad not being big enough, I think he pushed also the players, as you mentioned, too much in that red zone thing. So players are coming back about 70%, 80% fit. Then it's almost like, you know, you get another setback or have to be rested for a couple of weeks. And, and it's almost like it's now a pattern, you know, f- happening now at the moment with the, with the way that players are coming back from injury and then getting crocked or, you know, having a, a short layoff again after a few games. Because I think Montreal is going to be off again for a while and, uh, Mustafi also, that's again a hamstring thing, that, that's his problem. So he's going to probably need a week or two weeks again out. Um, the pros of Emery, he subs. 80% of the time they lead to game-changing moments, which, you know, sometimes some people say, yeah, but can't they, they, he fix this error in the beginning of the game? But, I mean, you can't also dictate how the game is going to also pan out. And, I mean, as you saw, I mean, he, uh, he unfairly got Booze from the crowd, the Emirates crowd for that Lacazette substitution, and in Ramsey pops up and scores the goal, which means Lacazette was tiring, kinda, and the other substitute goes on to make the key, uh, you know, key moment and almost like wraps up the game with that third goal, which kind of took the wind out of Fulham cells. Um, and my final pro about Emery, uh, it takes a lot of flack. When it's his players actually letting him down. I mean, okay, it's just kind of strong character of his, uh, trait of his. But I think also sometimes, I think the players must also put their hand and say, look, you know, boss, we're letting you down. So I just hope that now gets sorted. But as a, like, my rating for him would be, like, as I said, I don't know if I said it before, but I would give him a seven out of 10. Because, you know, there's still that room for improvement with, especially with the defense. Because I think that if we can just sort that out, things can be, you know, going. Now with into the 2019 part of the season, I just hope this is where we can, you know, finally pull certain things right in our team and actually be a bit more solid. Because I just think that is where everybody knows we are, you know, soft, and then that's yeah. what, what's putting really Champions League football in jeopardy. Whether it's even Europa League, we could be also really sucker punching there with the the sort of defensive performances that we're giving out so far. Yeah, especially those home and away tricky ties where, where your defense needs to be on point. Um, um, so I'm gonna, you know, maybe not gonna maybe give my pros and cons in a point form, but I'll give my rating and you know, like a summary of a pro and the summary of the cons, and then maybe you can then wrap up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a, a seven as well. 
as you and yep. no we did not discuss this listeners but uh, <laughs> I, I think he's added a lot to the club definitely you know there's, there's a bit more character it seemed like Arsenal almost was like a, a fire that was slowly burning out and then Emre came in and like you know threw maybe some gas on it just to ignite it a bit more so you are seeing players maybe were, pl- were playing within themselves coming out of their shell the likes of Xhaka you know seemed like a guy that was you know on his would have been on his way out in my eyes seems to be adding a bit more to the team and also i think uh, iwobi also has improved yeah. a lot and like you mentioned these substitutes have been second to none compared to you know i don't want to say finger was this or Wenger was that but una emery seems to be more of a proactive guy he tries to you know change something before it's too late i know like you also mentioned the people are on his back about you know getting it right first time but the thing is He's not too proud to admit that I haven't got it right by yeah. bringing on the substitute, you know. He's not afraid to say, okay, putting my hand up. And uh, I think that there the, the, is a lot to come. And another, like, you know, one of my biggest pros is that, you know, where you can, I can look, you know, excited forward to, like, the the future with him. This is not really his team yet. I mean, you look at the Jürgen clubs and whatever, they had time to build their team before, you know, you can say, this is my team. So... I'm excited to see that because once I think he gets his team right, there will be, you know, that Arsenal will be, I think, will be that that the club again to look at, to be scared of playing against and stuff like that. Um, my overall kind of cons is that you know he needs to sort the defense out because that is the way forward. I mean, like you mentioned, a tough European tie, you know, can be poised at a knife edge, and we can see the goal. But then, like also you mentioned, players to put up their hand. I mean, I know we got hammered. I know we will mention this as well. We got hammered at five one to Liverpool. But I, I, I can't, I can't. Um, you know, you can't blame him hundred percent mm. because he put the team out. They did the job. They scored a goal. But you, as players on the field, you can't defend the way that it's yeah. like that. You know. It was, it was amateur. I mean, they could have put you and I there, and we would have known not to like skate like Bambi on the floor and diving in like that. So, um, it's all good for me. No, no, look Yes. So, uh, those are things that he can't control. But what I do like about him is he does try to make those changes. I mean, that when he brought Castellani on as well, like he saw again, like it's, it's those little things that, um, for me, is making a difference, and that's why I gave him a seven, even though there is a heck of a lot of improvement that can be made. Okay, so that was our assessment for the Arsenal team under Una Emery for this season, for the 2018-19 season. Let's hope we have a, you know, a brighter 2019. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be also, again, another long, hard slog. Because, you know, we're going to be playing now again on about three fronts. So let's hope for the best. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. All the best for 2019, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for the listens as well.